I mentioned yesterday uh, a listener who called in, or rather texted me through uh, Podbean, uh, the uh, the podcast Podbean that I uh, serve there, that I have my radio programs on there. And I uh, quoted his letter or his text, but only halfway through because I couldn't find it uh, completely. And that's because I really don't understand much about my own websites. Uh, But uh, I want to quote it again because there's something more that he said that's very important important. He said, Colin, I suppose you won't see uh, this here column, uh, uh, this here, Colin. Uh, the podcast is superb and opened, opening my mind to new horizons. Could you talk about whether the sheep receive the same manner of judgment as the goats, uh, you know, after they have been separated? And that's as far as I got with the quotation. And uh, I did my best to respond to that yesterday and recommend that you listen to that broadcast, because certainly the goats the sheep do not receive the judgment of the goats because whoever believes in Jesus Christ does not come into judgment according to the very words of Jesus himself. And this is what he said uh, that I found a little later. I know I've believed and received Christ in this earth, yet still have had some dark issues. And that's what I want to talk about. The fact that some of us and most of us, I suppose, in one way or another, have had and do have, or maybe are still struggling with, some dark issues. Does that indicate that we are not saved? You know, I listened uh, many, many years ago to a very famous preacher who described uh, the new birth. He spent 38 minutes describing the new birth, and it was so holy, so utterly uh, virtuous and righteous and completely new that at the end of it, I sensed that most people listening to his description of the new birth would say, Oh, dear. I'm not born again. There are those who have made a description of the Christian life that is simply not real. What Paul's talking about when he talks about the new birth is the new, uh, rather, uh, Peter, I should say, in this context, uh, a new birth to a living hope. We have a new birth to a living hope. We still have our human nature. It is still broken down and fallen. Yes, we get more victory over it as we uh, go along in the Christian life. That's called sanctification. But our human nature will not disappear and depart from us until the coming of Jesus when Jesus turns this corruptible into incorruption and this mortal into immortality. There are those who don't believe that. They believe that the sinful nature will be destroyed and is be destroyed now. They, in uh, uh, maybe a hundred years or so ago, were charged with the doctrine of holy flesh. There is no such thing as holy flesh. Humanity is broken. Now, uh, let me explain this, or rather let me vindicate what I'm saying by what Paul has taught us taught us. Romans 4, verse 5. But to him who does not work, but justifies on him who... I'm sorry, let's read that again. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. I want to remind you of that little phrase, justifying the ungodly. 
To justify means to declare innocent. We, by faith in Jesus Christ, have been declared innocent. It is astonishing, of course, because we're not innocent. We don't go to the temple and say and beat our chest and say, uh, Father, be, uh, dear God, I thank you that I'm not a sinner anymore. We go to church and in humbleness of heart we say, Father, be merciful to me, a sinner. Not, Father, I thank you that you were merciful to me when I was, uh, when I was a sinner. We recognize that we are still sinners, but we, are, we have received mercy. To be justified is to be declared innocent. God justifies the ungodly. Now, you may have some dark issues that you're still dealing with, or maybe you have some dark issues that you dealt with years ago and you simply cannot get the memory of those dark issues out of your mind, or you still wonder whether God forgave them or not. But let me tell you this that when God says he justifies the ungodly, he's talking about your dark issues. He doesn't say through Paul, God justifies the innocent, or God justifies the sincere, or God justifies the repentant, or the earnest, or the surrendered. If he did say that, what you would be wondering would be this. Have I been earnest enough? Have I surrendered enough? Am I sincere enough? Am I repentant enough? But you never have to ask yourself, am I ungodly enough, do you? Do you see, God's justification of the ungodly is based upon Christ's death at the cross. Christ's death at the cross was a judgment for the sins of the whole world. He paid a ransom for the whole world. Even the Samaritans, who were pretty irreligious people, after they had heard the words of that woman who had uh, uh, been given water, or given Jesus water at the well, you remember she went back to her hometown and told them all about Jesus. Jesus came to them and he said, and listened to him, and they asked him questions and he answered them. And he said, Now we believe, not because of what you, the woman, have said, but because we have heard it for ourselves. This is Christ, the Savior of the world. Now think of it, the Savior of the world. Jesus took the sins of all the world, all the dark issues of the world. Now, let's take another verse, verse th uh, chapter 3, verse 28. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Well, we haven't got many deeds of the law, have we? And especially if we have dark issues that we'd rather not talk about or rather that nobody knows. The skeletons in our closet. We have those. And that's the nature of human nature. But it says here that we are ju justified, declared innocent, by faith, apart from the good deeds and the bad deeds we have done. But you say, yes, Colin, but it says, by faith. We're justified by faith. I'm not sure I have enough faith. Well, let me make it clear to you that this is uh, 
Paul's coded language. It's shorthand. It's not that we are justified by faith, but that we are justified by Christ in whom we have faith. So we don't have to ask, do I have enough faith to believe that I'm declared innocent? Rather, is Jesus sufficient for me in whom I have faith? Yes, the answer is, of course, yes. But then there's that astonishing passage in chapter 5, verse 10, where Paul says, If when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. If we were enemies, we were reconciled. Now, you see, that's the state of the dark heart, the issue of the dark issues of the heart. We have an enemy heart. We believe in God. This listener believes in God, believes in God and received Jesus Christ uh, while on earth and while he is still alive now, and uh, he is a saved man. But the issues of the heart often betray us. We sneakily don't believe sometimes, and we hear thoughts in our minds that say, I wonder if this is really true. We uh, forget God very often during the day, and we go into our dark thoughts, or frightened thoughts, or anxious thoughts, or worried thoughts, or thoughts that suggest that God isn't taking care of us. And then lustful thoughts and evil thoughts, and we have to battle them by faith and thank God that he has overcome them for us and that they have no power over us. These are the battles of faith, do you see? But it doesn't disqualify us because we are, as it says here, justified or reconciled while we are enemy, while we are enemies. And so we come before God and we say, Father in heaven, I know my heart is a betrayer to me and to you, that my heart is not honest before you, that my heart is at enmity with you very often, that I don't always enjoy you and love you. Father, I confess that heart to you and affirm that it no longer lives uh, to to condemn me. It no longer exists to judge me because Christ was judged in my place. I thank you, dear Father, that this heart of mine that is such a betrayer is no longer the true me, for the true me is who I am in Christ, declared righteous and reckoned as righteous. Notice what it says uh, in Romans chapter 4. I read that verse, but, but emphasized a different part of it. But to him who does not work, but that is not work for his salvation, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted as righteous. Never forget the word accounted, which can be translated consistently considered as, imputed to us. That word was the spark that ignited the Reformation in the 16th century, because the Roman Catholics did not believe that we were righteous by being treated as if we were. We were only righteous if it was infused in us, drip by drip, slowly by a dedicated, committed, uh, sanctified life. Luther came forward and said, no, we are considered as, treated as, as if we were righteous, imputed with Christ's righteousness, 
This is an alien. He used the word alien. This is an alien righteousness. Righteousness. It is not our own. And this is what uh, we need to understand when these dark issues uh, start nagging at us, either present dark issues or past dark issues. Remember the heart is at enmity with God. And then remember that verse in 1 John chapter 4. It's actually chapter 3, verse 19. And by this we know we are of the truth and assure our hearts before God, for if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all. Now this word hearts here, of course, is being used for conscience. If our conscience condemns us, God is greater than our conscience and knows all. You see, your conscience is part of your dark issues. Your conscience is part of this fallen nature. That conscience of ours condemns us. And it says you're no good. What's wrong with you? You can never do right. You can never measure up. You're not good enough. And if we listen to that conscience, which is part of our fallen human nature, we will lose our faith. But our faith is given by God, and it will not be lost. And the faith says, I don't care what you say, conscience. God is greater than my conscience. And God tells me that Christ has been sacrificed for my sins. That is the gospel. And I want to thank this brother for asking that question, because think of it. His concern has now become the answer to many, many more people listening to this broadcast. Thanks for listening today. Colin Cook here, and please support the program if you can. It's listener-supported radio. It costs $39 per 15 minutes. That's about $200 for a week's programs, and that's about $850 to $900 per month for the broadcasts. This is a long-lasting ministry, but a small ministry, and it relies upon you. This radio broadcast is now in its 26th year. Send your donations. You can donate on the uh, online at faithquestradio.com. Radio.com or send your donations to FaithQuest P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado 80160. Thanks so much. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.